Welcome to Scrolling, a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket. I'm Davius. This is episode number 17. And today we have a special guest. Uh, so if you've done a fair amount of Battlegrounds and you're probably very familiar with this player because you've likely seen their name on your death recap countless <laughs> times. Uh, if you despise Magsorks in PvP and Battlegrounds specifically, this guy might be the reason why. Seriously, one of the best PvP players I know in this game, the great Caliban. How's it going, dude? Pretty good, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. Awesome to have you here. Uh, just to give players an idea of of who you are, do you want to just tell us a little bit about like your experience in this game, how long you've been playing, the kinds of stuff you do, and, and that sort of thing? Yeah, uh, I've been playing since 2016, early 2016, I think, and uh, currently co-GM of Adastra with the Hottie Tiger. Um, I'm mostly a PvP player. used to do a bunch of PvE, but kind of burned out on that the last few years. So mostly just BGs, sometimes some Cyrodiil, but... It, the fun it's a good way to relax after work you know oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. certainly that's uh mostly what i do after work for sure <laughs> for sure um yeah and you mentioned adastra that's a it's a guild that actually all three of us are in and it's a, a battlegrounds specifically focused guild um a lot of really talented players in there and uh, I, I really it's honestly like my favorite guild that, uh, that i've been in <laughs> yeah I always, I always joke that if you go into a battleground and there's a bunch of Adastra players in there, then that's when you know it's about to be a serious match. <laughs> yeah, it's it's both a it's a good and a bad feeling, you know, because it's like it's like okay, I must be getting pretty good, right? Like I'm in here with these guys, but then it's like, all right, this is going to be like I'm going to be scraping and clawing for every moment that on this map. Yeah, that's how you know you've hit high MMR on the ultimate character. Yeah, start, yeah, you start seeing Adastra members. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, it's a good guild, and I've made, mentioned in guild chat before that uh, as far as PvP guilds go, I've always been so impressed with how um, just positive and non-toxic, and uh, you guys really make an effort to keep that stuff uh, out of there, um, and it's really cool. But it's not like over the top, like we still razz each other and, you know, talk shit and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's a good balance. That It's a good guild. That's been a fine line for us. Like, we have to, like, control, like, hey, you can talk a little salt and stuff. You can't go so far as to you're actually insulting people. I think we've handled it well. Yeah. We've picked like four people total in the year we've been around. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. It's really nice. And uh, God, God help the people that uh, get on a Dasher's bad side when they're when they're in <laughs> battle crowds. <laughs> Shout out to Clock Cycle. Uh, <laughs> it's a brave, brave thing to do for those poor souls. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, anyway, Caliban, awesome to have you here, man. I've been wanting to chat with you uh, just about ESO for a while outside of just text chat in the game. And this being an episode where we're planning to talk quite a bit about Battlegrounds, I thought this is the perfect time to bring you on. So thanks again for being here, dude. Yeah, thanks, man. It's, it's fun to be here. I, I, I definitely plan to be a, a better PvPer by the end of this episode just by talking with you. Well, if you listen to some of the people who don't like me, I'm class carried, so you probably won't learn anything. <laughs> That's the secret. That's the secret. Just play Magsort. Just play Magsort. Um, 
Okay, so let's move on and talk about uh, a few announcements. So, uh, number one, uh, the podcast uh, Scrolling is now on Spotify. So, if you like to listen to your podcast there, uh, you can find it there. I'll put a link to the uh, to that in the description, or you can just search for Scrolling on Spotify. Uh, remember, that's with an I N apostrophe at the end, no G, uh, and it'll come right up there. Um, Next announcement, um, we are so close to having our guild bank open, all right? So last last episode, we had nine members, and we asked for that 10th member uh, so that we could open our guild bank then. So we got that 10th member, and the I, I not moments later, someone dropped out of the guild, putting us right back down to nine. So we had a guild bank for, like, less than 60 seconds. It was glorious. Oh. Um, for two seconds, but but no more. So we need one more, uh, one more member of Stoons Goons. So just hit us up in game at Ketsborough Hawk at Star Jumper. Uh, we'll get you in there. We'll get you your free set of Stoons uh, and and all of that. Uh, so let's talk about the Gold Vendor a little bit here. Um, as a reminder to anyone who doesn't know, the Gold Vendor appears at your faction's home base in Cyrodiil every weekend, and they have a random assortment of gold jewelry and monster sets that uh, that you can buy for alliance points or gold. Um, so if you're like me and you have a ton of alliance points and you don't really do much with them at all, uh, the Gold Vendor is a good opportunity to actually uh, do something with that currency that's just sitting there. Uh, and this week's actually a really good week. Uh, so we got uh, Trappings of Invigor necklace. Uh, this is one of my favorite sets. I'm using this set on my uh, Stamina Templar right now, which unfortunately I just golded out her necklace last week. So, uh, <laughs> perfect you know, timing. <laughs> yeah, perfect timing. Um, Spider Cultist necklace. Uh, is Grimoire's Birthright necklace. That's the one that gives you 400 spell damage to your frost damage abilities. Um, sadly, there's not a lot of frost damage, you know, options in the game. Queen's Elegance Necklace, uh, this is the one that uh, it used to just buff your light and heavy attacks, and now uh, they change it so that your light attacks decrease the cost of your next ability, your next active ability by 10%, and then when you do a heavy attack, it increases your next direct damage attack by 26-10. So it's like a sustain and damage set sort of hybrid situation. Now, I honestly think it's probably better than it was before, and it's probably f flying under some people's radar. Um, but I could see this being, it's basically seducer as long as you're light attack weaving and then you can, you, you can line up a heavy attack to really juice up your, your burst combo. Uh, it could be good. Equally good if you're using something that it blocks multiple times on, like a 2610 flat amount blocks on each jabs or something like that. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a good point. Totally. Or yeah. maybe like a, would, would force pulse, would that 2610 apply to each hit of force pulse, I wonder? I haven't tested it, but it might that it might work like Draugr can. Yeah. Same thing with the, the dual wield spammable, too. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and then the monster sets, we got uh, Vicosa's shoulders and Krog's shoulders. Uh, and that's kind of it for the gold vendor. Um, so we'll move on to some note, uh, some news and patch notes. Uh, there's not a ton of news this week, but there is a little bit. They uh, they did a crown store showcase for June 2020. So if you want to see a preview of the stuff that you can expect to see in the crown store this month, uh, I'll put a link in the description so you can go check that out. Uh, a couple of new costumes that looked pretty cool to me. Um, a new Scourge Harvester arms pack. Uh, Davis, didn't you get this Second Legion arms pack? Uh, didn't you buy that? I I'm 
possibly gonna buy it. Uh, oh, I thought you bought Haven't decided it. yet. I, I'm possibly. Okay. Oh my bad. I thought you bought it. Well, it looks really cool. <laughs> Um, yeah, just some other stuff, uh, crown store, you know, um, there was some maintenance this week, uh, minor, mostly very minor stuff, a few fixes for the kinds Aegis trial. Most notably, there was a bug, uh, that caused only one treasure chest to appear in the entire trial. Uh, so, so they, they fixed that. Uh, That's so, was, awesome. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so now there's a normal amount of treasure chests. Uh, some, in, some fixes for antiquities. This is what I was really hoping would happen this, uh, this maintenance cycle. So thankfully it happened. They fixed an issue where some antiquity encasements, particularly the large gold filigreed treasure chest, uh, could have their visuals desync with their placement in the excavation site. Uh, I'm sure you guys have ran into this when you're trying to excavate, uh, mythic items where you uncover the chest it's it's uncovered you can see it it's all there but it's not registering it's not it's not letting you have it and you'll fail the excavation and you have no idea why and it's because it's misplaced and the way to actually uncover it it would be visually uncovered right like you'd look at it and it looks like it's not actually uncovered but turns out you you got it so you had to play this weird mind trick with the game to even <laughs> uncover it it was so frustrating yeah. Uh, especially like the first time, like I was really going after this um, wild hunt ring and I was really excited about it. And, you know, I'd get this lead. I'd get so excited. I can't wait to go to go excavate this thing. It's going to be so awesome. And it's just like frustration after frustration after frustration. And then I just go to bed frustrated. I don't have my mythic item. Uh, it was really annoying. I finally, you know, did some research online and figured out how to work around it. But, um, you know, not not a good thing. They fixed it. Thank goodness. Uh, they also fixed an issue, Davis, I know that you were having where um, when you get kicked out of an excavation <laughs> because you get locked into combat, your UI messes up and your character can't like move properly, right? Yes, this was this was the frustrating uh, bug that was happening to me is that whenever you would get attacked, you'd be right in the middle of a dig and then you'd get attacked and pull you out of that and you couldn't use any abilities and you could only walk backwards. You couldn't go side to side you couldn't go forward your character could only walk backwards and not perform any action it was so frustrating <laughs> could the, the mouse still move your camera around so you could could you still steer your character you could, like that yeah you could still <laughs> okay. look around you just couldn't you could only walk backwards that's awesome <laughs> it was such great, a weird bug, bug. <laughs> yeah that's i always each new patch i'm always Sort of, you know, I'm excited about all the new stuff we get, and then I'm also kind of a little bit excited to see how interesting these new, this new batch of bugs is going to be. You know? <laughs> that was a unique one for sure. Yeah. Speaking of bugs, if I could bring one up that probably affects most of you know the people we play with, uh, battlegrounds health bars don't show up in half the BGs. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that one a lot lately too. That one, that one is frustrating. I see that in, in Imperial City a lot as well. Yeah, it is frustrating. So why don't we talk a little bit about what we've been up to this week, and I'll kick us off. So uh, once again, my stab at a Templar, Old Betsy, is finished. And this is like, I think, the third time I've said this on this podcast that this character is finished. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was expecting I was expecting these mythic items to take way longer to get a hold of. Uh, but I, I, it took like two or three days uh, to get a hold of it. So I had to 
Like I had a build video going, I was almost finished. I basically had to scrap it, throw it away and start all over again because I got the the real version that I really wanted. Uh, so uh, so yeah, now it's really done for real. Uh, and the video is finished and it's on YouTube and it's all done, that's done. So good deal. It's an awesome build. I This is my favorite character. I've said it a hundred times. Stamina Templar is my very favorite aspect to play in PVP. Um, and the way I like to play it is very speedy and fast and agile, very like roly poly like, uh, and I feel like in the past, I've always had to sacrifice a fair amount of damage in, in order to, to pull off that kind of play style. But this patch, there's just new tools and stuff where I, I feel like I'm not having to sacrifice damage at all. It hits harder than ever and still totally a roly poly. So uh, I'm happy with it. Um, so yeah, she's using that ring of the wild hunt, uh, and that's pretty awesome. Uh, and that's the one I was most excited about but the honestly i think the one i'm even more excited about now that i have it is this uh snow treaders have either of you guys gotten a hold of the snow treaders yet i haven't used it but i've helped some people test it to see if uh you can proc other things while it's active like yeah. uh what's that set that procs when you you're snared or rooted oh like, is it bloodthorn healing set uh, there's a set that heals you when you're snared or rooted. yeah that to see if it worked with it Okay, makes sense. Yeah, I was like when I was first reading about this item, I guess I just misunderstood or misinterpreted what it did. Uh, and I basically assumed that it wouldn't uh, apply to like ground effects like caltrops or wall of frost. I was assuming like, oh, I'm still going to get snared by those things. But no, you're immune to those things too. Um, so uh, <laughs> I, I'm super pumped about these things. When it says, um, so it's, you're immune to snares and immobilizations that cannot be cleansed. And I looked into it and mostly what that means is like core game mechanics sort of things. Like, like when you go into crouch to, to sneak, you're slowed down there. The snow treaders aren't going to, you know, bypass that. Uh, like it's like that kind of stuff, but like most of the stuff that you're going to run into from players, you're going to be immune and it's pretty awesome, especially if you spec into speed that doesn't require uh sprint. So I, I put these snow treaders on my, it's a stamina necromancer, uh, bow build and, uh, it's a wood elf, um, swift jewelry using a jailbreaker, which gives you minor expedition at all times. So he moves as fast as someone sprinting with major expedition, but he doesn't sprint. Uh, and he has these snow treaders on, so you can't slow him down. It's freaking awesome. It's just seriously, seriously, really awesome. Sounds amazing. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, what else I've been doing this week? I did uh, the Kinds Aegis trial, just on normal, um, but it was really fun. I was surprised at how difficult it was. We actually wiped out a couple of mob bulls. Not that, it, you know, we weren't like an S-tier uh, group or anything like that, uh, but uh, it was fun and we got through it. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, did a little Imperial City last night, you and me, Davius. Um, I don't know if we had fun or not, did we? <laughs> I don't know. I've been asking myself that same question. It was... Uh... Man, it was it was a spectacle. It was a sight to behold, that's for sure. Yes. Um. So we play we play on EP Evan Hart Pact, and man, it was just an ocean of Daggerfall Covenant all over the map, and you couldn't yep. go anywhere, man, without just a giant blue blob of these these people like just spilling out of doors and windows and everything. You know, just like a, <laughs> yep. a colony of ants. Um. And we were talking earlier, like we normally. 
enjoy kind of outnumbered fights. We're usually looking for that sort of thing, but this was just like way, way too much, man. There was no way you couldn't kite anyone through any choke points or anything yeah. like that because they're they're there too. You know, there's no no nowhere to go. There was a lot of talented players in that Zerg too. You know, I yeah, I that's totally, the other thing about it. <laughs> I totally yeah. got rocked by uh, Grim Hollow last night. <laughs> yep, yep, he was in there. I know Mizzle likes to play with them as well. Yeah, it's uh that's another thing about it is is oftentimes you see these big groups and the the really strong players are kind of off separate from that. They're looking to try to get a one v one or maybe a one vx. But man, a lot of these Zerg people were themselves strong players, and that yeah. made it extra hard. Um, but it got me thinking though about the uh, Imperial City situation right now. Um, you know. Davius, you and I always talk about how this is kind of our new PvP home right now, right? Because Cyrodiil performance is not great, right? And it's, it seems to basically just be getting worse all the time. Yep. We can't group up in Battlegrounds anymore. So if, if we want to play together and have a good PvP experience, Imperial City is about the only option. Um, and now we have these uh, this Malakath Band of Brutality, right? This this mythic item that everyone is salivating over and like really wanting to get their hands on. And one of those leads to get that uh, is in Imperial City. You have to go to Imperial City to get it. Maybe uh, and... I was just gonna say, maybe that was the highlight of our of our Imperial City last night is that we got that lead. <laughs> we did get that lead, and that was that was super sweet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, trying um, to look for the positives. <laughs> yeah, but. I would say probably of all these new items that we got with this patch, that's probably the one that that people are going after the most. And so I think more players are just going to Imperial City than ever just to find this lead. And, and then once they're there, they're realizing that, oh, this is a this is a good PvP experience. Maybe I'll just hang out here a while. Uh, and, um, and they're having the same realizations we had. You know, Cyrodiil has the bad performance. I can't group with my friends in Battlegrounds. This is it right here. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, so yeah, I think that's probably, uh, plus it was Friday night. So, you know, it's just a huge, huge population on Friday night anyway, but I wonder if we're going to be seeing kind of a, a renaissance in Imperial city and it's going to become more and more populated as time goes on. As much as Zoss messes up sometimes, that's a really great change for the game. If Imperial city comes back. Oh yeah. Some of the most fun PVP in the game. Yeah. It's such a, such a great zone, such a great design. It's fantastic, and uh, it's really, I think, a testament to this antiquities thing. As as skeptical as people, my, myself included, were about it, uh, a really awesome side effect. This is one of them: is that it's it's breathing new life into these this the whole basically the entire rest of the game. All this content, uh, I mean, even even things like Imperial City is really cool. But even like when you're just uh, going to an excavation site and all you're doing is digging up something off out of the overland zones, they send you to these places that you probably haven't seen since, you know, the first time you played through the main story, or maybe you've never seen it at all. And you can tell that they really are selecting these locations that are, that were lovingly crafted, you know, they're, they're beautiful. Like I, every time I find one of these dig sites, I, I seriously stand there and look around and just sort of appreciate the scenery because I, I can tell they chose that spot. They wanted me to appreciate the work that was done here, you know, years and years ago. Yeah. I think another cool side effect, too, is just, you know, if anybody doing antiquities or anybody roaming around the, the map, you can go to these public dungeons that you maybe haven't been to in a while or even delves. You know, you go in these areas you haven't been in so long and it's just 
you just see this population. There's just so many players roaming around. Uh, I did a public dungeon um, this week that I hadn't been to since, I mean, before I even hit max level on my first character. And it was really cool kind of going back and kind of remembering, oh, I remember this public dungeon. And there was probably, you know, 10 to 15 other players in there kind of farming. It was just kind of cool to see uh, kind of what you're saying, these old areas kind of new life, you know, breathed into them. Yeah, it's, I mean, like, just random world bosses that no one before would even bother messing with. You'll go there now, and there's, like, 10 people standing around waiting for it to spawn, <laughs> you know? And even, like, you know, say I want to queue up for a dungeon that's uh, that's not a pledge today, um, I have a much higher chance of actually getting the queue to pop because other people are doing these dungeons to get leads from them and stuff. Uh, just all around, there's just so many positive side effects from this Antiquities thing. I'm, I'm such a huge fan of it. Yeah, for a system that on its surface looked like a mobile game, like yeah, any game, it's really, really good. Yeah, exactly. That was the criticism. Is like, oh, man, why are you putting a mobile game in, into ESO? Like, I want a new class. I want a new skill line, you know? And I was kind of having those same sort of thoughts, but uh, now, now that it's here and we're seeing the effects that it has, it's I'm a big, big fan. Much better than Sijic. Much, much better. Yeah. Um... All right, so that's all I've been up to uh, this past week. Davis, why don't you tell us what you've been up to, man? Um, so, like you said, we had a uh, we had a grind in Imperial City last night. That was uh, that was unique. Um, hum- main- humbling, yeah, <laughs> humbling. That, that, there you go. Uh, mainly, m- most of my focus has shifted to my Stamsork uh, build. Yeah. Uh, this is <laughs> you have joked all week. This is basically my new favorite character right now. Um, I this was kind of on a backburner build that I was working on, but I just kind of started tinkering. And antiquities, um, I got the torque of tonal constancy first, and that's I'm using that on this damn Sork build. And when I got that, I kind of went full into to this build. And man, this has been such a fun character. Uh, just kind of a reminder of the build. Um, I'm doing ancient dragon guard, um, and heavy for the armor, and then for the jewelry. Uh, and weapons i'm doing the eternal vigor set uh, and then like i said i have the torque of tonal constancy and then i'm doing a one piece of swarm mothers just to get uh, the double max stats um, but this build has been so much fun i've done a whole bunch of battlegrounds this week uh, i've hopped into imperial city a couple of times and um and it's a it's a what is it, a heavy armor, dual wield? Uh, it's a heavy armor, uh, dual wield front bar, sword and shield back bar. Um, okay. And it is, man, just, I'm having so much fun. Uh, it's working out really well. Um, yeah. It's I, just, a, I, I love the concept of the build. Like, everything is this 50-50 thing. <laughs> everything right? works. The, Everything works above 50 or below 50, all of it. Yeah, uh, like the... every every armor set that you have, even the one-piece monster set is this like half-and-half half situation. <laughs> yes. I really like it. It's, it's a very balance of, of yin, yin and yang uh, mm-hmm. type of build. But um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's been, um, it's been a successful build with testing it out. Um, you know, we kind of originally tested it out in Imperial City uh, a couple weeks ago, but now that I've actually been able to go through... I can't say the build is completely finished out, all the skills and everything. You got your Dawnbreaker. We got the Dawnbreaker, got the Morph. <laughs> uh, I've just had so much fun with this build. I, I mean, I have pretty much been playing on this character uh, solely, just this character, all week long. Um, and just 
like I said, just been having so much fun. Um, Everyone yeah, remembers their first Stamsork, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> there, you, there you go. Hard to beat a Stamsork for fun. Really. Super fun. Just so much, you know, mobility and, and all sorts of things. Uh, it kind of has all, all things. And we've had this conversation before, but I just kind of want to repeat it that, uh, you know, the, the, on the topic of class identity, in the past, Samsork has always kind of been the example of like, you know, they, they lack class identities, what people always say. And, um, you know, I think they've done some work to kind of improve that. But even if they haven't, I'm not sure. They have a distinct play style. They, they really do. It, no other class feels the way a Samsork feels. Yeah. I think they, they're conflating class power with class identity. Class uh, identity, Samsork's got a ton of flavor. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. doesn't have as much, like, it doesn't bring as much to the table as, say, like a warden or a necro. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that is right now. That's probably my favorite character. That's if I'm on. That's the character I'm usually on right now. Um, and then the mainly the other stuff that I've been doing this week is just uh, uh, trying to get the guild hall set up, doing some housing, uh, moving along with that project. Uh, we I think yeah, you got our stone shrine set stoon, up now, right? Stone shrines totally set up. Here we go. I knew uh, we'd work it in somehow. See? I, well, I don't want to say I don't want to say it's completely done, but it's you know I may tinker with it going forward. But for the most part, the exterior of the guild hall I think is is pretty much pretty close. It to looks being done. so nice in there, man. It's uh, it's really amazing. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, but yeah, just just stam sorking it up this week. That's that's pretty much all I've been doing. Stam sort, sweet. Caliban, what have you been up to, man? Um, I mean, everybody, most people who play BGs know my Magsort, but I've been playing Samsort um, lately myself, a bow bow build using the new, totally not broken, Venomous Spite set. <laughs> right. uh, paired with a Zerblite Reaper and the, the new Asylum bow. Okay. Um, What's the Asylum bow do? 7k pen to bow abilities after hitting them with Acid Spray or Bombard. Oh, wow. Wow. It's very, very strong. And yeah, with those proc sets. Oh my gosh. If you pair that with, say, Razor Caltrops, which gives you Fracture and snares people for you, you can drop that on a group, hit them with an Acid Spray, and then basically everybody detonates from Reaper. Like, yeah. Literally everybody detonates. <laughs> That's I've incredible. I've done 2 million, 2.5 million in damage in the battleground with it. It's absolutely absurdly busted. Wow. Holy cow. I've, I've been wanting to try a similar setup on a Stam Warden, but I think... A stab sork can probably actually pull it off a little better. The reason why to use a stab sork personally for me is ball lightning because there's a lot of mag sorks, and also it cleanses snares for, from you, so it saves you a spot from like shuffle or something. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Well, and also uh, I feel like a hurricane would just help apply those stacks pretty nicely right. as well, right? If, if you're in melee, I mean, I yeah. wouldn't recommend getting into melee in a medium bobo build. But... Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Cool, man. I'm pretty sure DK's leaping me take me to execute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, these Titanborn DKs, man. I've seen so many Stam DKs that I'm like, oh, sweet. They have like 10% health left. I'm just going to take them out really quick. And then, <laughs> nope, they leap me to death. Just one leap, one <laughs> yeah. shot, because they're wearing Titanborn strength. Uh, been playing a little bit of Mag DK as well. Um, Sunbark's old build, I did an iteration of it where I'm running Elfbane, Weapon Jewel. Rothgar and then buffer the swift body. Mm-hmm. Um, but the secret for me to unlocking Mag DK, especially with the healing nurse, is Magma Shell as your ult instead of Leap. Um, oh, okay. It basically acts like corrosive, but you don't get the pen. 
but it does give your team a shield. So basically, you pop Magma Shell, and you can run right into a group, uh, talons everybody down, and then burn them. It's a really fun play style if you like Magma Okay. It's also different, because most people go with the being and all that. Yeah. I mean, all three of the Dragon Knight's uh, ultimate abilities are pretty fantastic. Class ultimate. Very much so. Dragonites have one of the coolest toolkits, I think, man. <laughs> I really like the class a lot. Back when we had pre-mades, uh, well, organized 44s, um, Shifting Standard was a low-key game winner. You could go into a group, drop that, and defile everybody, and that would shut down the enemy healer. Yeah. It was such a, such a winner. Yeah, that... yeah, and people who don't know about Shifting Standard, then they start panicking when they hear that shunk, shunk, <laughs> shunk. Like it just keeps hitting the ground over and over again. It's it's like rattling. You're know? like, what is happening? Oh my god! Pair <laughs> <laughs> that with a little bombard, and people just vaporize. They'll start reporting you for hacking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. And is that it, Cal? Or do you have any anything else? Um. That's about it. I did a, a Vet Kinds Aegis, i say like a week ago. It's a very accessible trial. Okay. If you're not good at veteran content. Honestly, the trash pulls are much harder than the bosses. Okay. That was about it. Nice, dude. Very cool. Very cool. All right, man. Well, that is all we've been doing in the Elder Scrolls Online here lately. Why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back and uh, talk about some Battlegrounds. I'll just kind of give the setup of what the BG report is here. So uh, once per patch, uh, I like to do something called the BG report, um, would, where I just um, check in on the state of battlegrounds, um, just see how things are going, how uh, different classes are performing, any new trends that are emerging, uh, anything like that. The kind of observe. I just want to talk about it. You know, I really love battlegrounds, uh, and so I always want to. Uh, keep tabs on things and kind of give players maybe some ideas of things they may want to keep in mind when they're adjusting their builds and, and just jumping into Battlegrounds this patch. Um, in the past, it's always been, the BG report has always been its own separate, like dedicated episode. Um, but since we've started doing these weekly episodes now, I figure it makes more sense just to make it a segment in a regular episode. Um, so that's what we're going to do. So uh, this patch, um, I think right now, the meta is still pretty topsy-turvy. You know, things have been disrupted quite a bit. We have new things like base critical resistance. We have mythic items. Uh, arena weapons are more common than ever. So they're just generally out there a lot more than they used to be. Uh, and there's just a ton of new options that players have now that they didn't really have before. It's It's easier than ever to kind of dial in your character and fine-tune it to exactly the kind of playstyle that you want uh, and it still will be viable and do enough damage and have enough survivability to to actually work. Um, so things are a lot different this patch. Um, and so I want to start by talking about some of the factors that players may want to keep in mind when they're making adjustments to their builds and strategies and stuff like that. Uh, and I have a few things written down here that, that I want to mention, but uh, first I just kind of want to hear from you two guys uh, and just see what, you, what you've been up to as far as like changes you've been making to your builds or your approach to Battlegrounds uh, this patch. Um, Caliban, why don't we start with you, man? What changes have you been making here lately? Um, mostly, uh, the one thing to keep in mind is that health regen wasn't nerfed this patch. So they nerfed healing, like Killy Gun. 
mm-hmm. but they didn't touch health regen. So on my Magasaur, instead of Bright Throat's Boast as my main body set, I swapped to Amberplasm, which just got buffed. Oh With yeah, I love Amberplasm. And Sugar Skulls, about 1,800 health regen. With wow. like no real investment into it, it's such an amazing like heal over time. Just to like keep you topped up, you take a little chip damage. People aren't going to focus you because you heal right up. Yeah, and it's a big change for me. I've actually made that change basically across all my characters. Is just slot a little more health regen just to cover up for you know, so you don't have to spam like a five k burst heal if you take a light attack randomly kind of thing. Yeah, because the moment you take damage in a BG, everybody's going to tunnel you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, that's a smaller health bar. I'm going to fixate on that. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's one change I've made. Um, the thing about this patch, since healing is down, you don't need nearly as much damage to kill people. Like, my probably my strongest class right now is my Mag DK. I don't have a single damage set on it, and I'm killing people in, like, two to three globals. It's not hard. So, I mean, you can, either, you can still go, like, a max weapon damage, whatever build. Just... Don't expect to be able to like get into melee range and brawl for a while unless you're like really specced into it. Personally. Yeah. yeah. Like the yeah. old days where BGs used to be like a fifteen minute slug fest with everybody in Mosh Pit. <laughs> Those days are long. Oh yeah, damage is just too high now. You just can't do that. It has, it's yeah. more of like a CSGO situation. And just very much so. Yeah. yeah. And and just a lot of burst too. Burst is so much I mean higher you now. take ten K from a single overload plus elemental we- uh, weapon weave. Like, there's just no way to tank that, even if capped resists and all that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, cool. Davis, what, have you been making any changes or kind of having any new tactics or strategies? Uh, yeah, the main thing that I've been looking at is just, like you said, that base crit resist. So really, you know, just kind of looking over all my builds with the full in-pin trait, you know, I, I've been kind of researching with 5 in-pin and then changing usually my... Um, helm and shoulder piece to other traits uh, that kind of fit with the build. Uh, I think this will probably still change going forward, but kind of what I've settled on is is five in pin and then two of some other trait, whatever kind of works uh, better with the build, whether it's buffing stats or, you know, um, reducing the cost of block or, you know, well-fitted, things like that. That's kind of the main focus that I've kind of gone through is, is looking through... Um, you know, just the the doors that are opened with having different traits. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's um, that's a lot of what I've been doing too. Has um, kind of taken advantage of that that base crit resist, uh, and just basically, I'm just assuming that the amount of critical resistance that I've had up to this point is still enough, right? So I'm just I'm shooting for that same number and then investing whatever's left over that into something else. Um, so, you know, typically it's about three pieces M pin will get you to about the same amount of crit resist that you had with seven M pin last patch. Uh, so I'm going for something else, you know, for well fitted on my stamina characters, for divines or something like that on my uh, magical characters. It's uh, kind of been kind of what I've been doing with traits. Well fitted is very nice in battlegrounds. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't second that enough. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, that that wood elf uh, with the snow treaders that I was talking about earlier—that's four well fitted. That cannot be snared. That <laughs> runs really fast. Uh, that's that's really really cool. Bounces off the walls. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Well, yeah. So um, 
factors that, and if you guys think of anything else along the way, feel free to, to shout them out. But factors that I think players may want to be keeping in mind uh, in Battlegrounds this patch is basically what we were just saying. Damage is way, way up. Uh, we have the Malakath brand, Band of Brutality is out there. Uh, Baylorg was buffed. Students' Favor, New Moon Acolyte, and Titanborn Strength. Those are those still exist, you know. They're still out there. Um, and just like uh, Caliban was saying a minute ago, um, healing was nerfed quite a bit as well. So you're taking you're taking a bunch of damage, and you're having a m more difficult time recovering from that damage. One other thing that I've really noticed too is uh, bows. Uh, this may be, the, I mean, yes. this may be the most bows I've ever seen in PvP in this game right bows. now. Any theories why that might be? I think bow is the most complete weapon line in the game right now. With the new venomous spite set, like you have multiple dots, you have roots, you have a very good stun at magnum shot, which is the longest range stun in the game that does damage. And if you pair that with a black rose bow, you can do 16k damage with a single magnum shot. Wow. That's a lot of damage. Yeah. And if you throw out like an acid spray on a group, your bolt will hit for like 8k a tick. Yeah. It's just not survivable. It's a really strong well, line right now. It's that high damage and that it you're at range, so you're even, you know, you're not even and in the safe. thick of it. Yeah. So it's right. defensive and offensive. And a very nice uh side effect is that it's very very strong against mag sorps, which are pretty prevalent in battlegrounds. So Yes. You know, it, there's a lot going for bow right now. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. And um well and the weapons are like uh like uh uh the master bow is more accessible now. That that might be a factor as well. Very you much know, so. people can do normal Dragon Star Arena, get a, a non perfected uh master bow, and it's it's hard not to use that if you have it in your inventory, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If I had any recommendation for people who want to play bow, go do a normal asylum sectorium run. The new Asylum Bow is just incredibly powerful. Six, 6,600 6, pen to bow attacks right for 10 seconds. That's it's crazy. 11% damage. That sounds crazy. I'm using like the a... Master Bow in my mag or my Stam Crow right now, but that sounds like maybe I'll have to go get that instead. Yeah, that one bow is the student's favorite set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Master's Bow is nice if you're running like it as a back bar set because it buffs everything. Uh -huh. But if you're looking for a pure bow build, a silent bow front bar is just head and shoulders above everything right now. Right on. Cool. Good advice. Um, I think, I, I don't know, I feel like I always say this no matter what the meta is, but I, I really feel like this meta, the fact that damage is so high and burst happens so quickly, and the fact that players have more defensive options now, they have more ability to invest in other types of defense, um, I think that trying to build tanky and and really bulk bulk yourself up and just tank out the damage to me seems like an ineffective approach, especially if you still want to be able to do good damage yourself. Um, I may be biased because I always utilize this sort of play style of of utilizing movement and line of sight and that sort of thing to just straight up avoid damage period rather than trying to mitigate it. Um, to me, that seems like the way to go right now. Uh, if you can just avoid all of the damage and then just burst people down in these windows of opportunity and then get back to line of sighting, it seems to be an effective way to go. Um, it's kind of a high actions per minute sort of play style, so maybe it isn't for everyone. Uh, but if you can pull it off, I, you know, I think it's pretty good. Use these these new um, 
uh, mobility tools like the snow treaders or the ring of the wild hunt you can get really really amazing um, mobility with very little investment just one item gives you all the mobility you need um so that's something to consider it's it's definitely interesting that you know my experience in battlegrounds and even pvp is that very rarely now am i running in you know it used to be you'd always run into that player that you would just say oh this guy's so tanky like it, it, i'm just gonna move on uh that hasn't really happened as of late for me anyways uh very yeah. rarely am i running across somebody that i just think is so tanky that i move on um that, that definitely is, is a lot more rare occurrence for me yeah i think speed is very much king right now yeah yeah certainly and i wonder davis if that's a big factor in what why you're enjoying your stab sorks so much because <laughs> uh, you always gravitate towards like slow and tanky kind of builds that's sort of like your yeah. seem, seeming like your preferred play style uh, but you're really loving this Sork who, I mean, it's a tanky build, but it's, you know, it's a Sork, so it's it's speedy oh, yeah. no matter what. It's, it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely my highest actions per minute build by far. I mean, I'm always, you know, anybody who's played a stamp Sork, you're always hitting something or getting buffs or, you know, streaking or, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a really good point. I mean, it's, it's, it takes advantage of speed and mobility and he's always moving around. Um, you know, even when I've run with you, you've kind of joked that <laughs> you, you know, usually you're on, you know, you're usually playing a really quick character. I'm usually playing the, playing the healer. And so we kind of joked like when you are on the healer and then I'm on the, the moving around character, you're like, hold on, just stay still so I can heal you for a second. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're like totally the tables have turned yeah. and I like realize like, oh man, I've been making things hard on him this whole time. Haven't I? I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you you complain so much less than I do too. <laughs> um, another thing I wanted to um, kind of mention is off balance, and this has been a trend not just this patch, but the past several patches. Is off balance is just more and more and more important. Um, you know, if you have off balance in your build, like if you can apply off balance to other players, this is a great source of sustain. It's your hard CC solution, and it's can be a great solution for dealing a lot of damage to those players as well. Um, and, you know, a lot of those things take up zero bar slots or maybe just one bar slot, and you have all those tools within that one, like, mechanic. Um, we, just, we just have to admit, right, that Zoss's favorite buff or debuff is off-balance. Like, that's just their favorite. They, they, they seem love to it. Really They're love all it. about it. <laughs> so unintuitive to work with, like, the notification for it, the timers. Ugh. Yeah. Kind of frustrating how prevalent it is to be honest yeah 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 it's uh it's everywhere and so it's important to be aware of what what you can do with it and how you can take advantage of it when you're uh applying off balance to other players it's also super important super super important to be aware of when you yourself are off balance and take the appropriate action because more than ever more than ever before, if you're off balance right now, you are in grave danger, and you are like two global cooldowns away from death, more than likely. Yeah. Um, so just be aware of off balance in general. This patch and probably every patch going forward, uh, it's a it's a very powerful tool if you can take advantage of it, uh, and it can you know and it can really mess you up if you're not aware of it as well. Well, there's just more there's just more and more sets and abilities that are just gravitating towards it. You know that are. It all started with the. It all started with the dizzy swing. You know they could never. They could never get dizzy the way they wanted it, and now it seems like 
<laughs> They've got Disney the way they want it, so they're adjusting everything else to fit their, it, their yeah. Disney swing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I will say that I've noticed some people are not aware of, but if you set somebody off balance and they're blocking, you can still stun them through block with a medium weave. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't through block. So. Cool. Mm. Good to know. Um, all right. Uh, any other sort of like general factors that you guys think players need to be keeping in mind this meta before we move on to this next sort of section here? Um, if you're a magtoon and you're not healing your group in some way, you're a massive liability compared to a stamtoon. Yeah. Like, back bar resto with radiating regen should just like come stamped on every single magtoon. It's such a game changer for just how much utility and like being able to keep your teammates up and topped up a little bit in battlegrounds goes a long way to winning them. If you're interested in winning them, yeah, and it's a surprisingly strong heal over time as well. Um, the tooltip is identical to the old rapid regen, so it's a really strong heal. Yeah, like yeah. almost two k per second. So, yeah, that's that's literally on all, every single one of my magic builds has a resto staff with that ability on the back bar. The number of mag sorks I've seen who sit in the back of a group spamming fury you know healing and then get run over and complain <laughs> about why they get run over is just unbelievable like, i've talked about this before on a magsorc uh radiating region with uh power the power surge that that uh -huh. morph of surge is excellent i think it's a really really excellent combo because you know you got radiating region ticking away on all of your uh allies so you're getting you know, mad crits off of that stuff, uh, and so your your power surge is procking on cooldown, and that's a pretty strong heal as well. So those two abilities alone, I mean, you're going to have surge active at all times no matter what. Those two abilities alone are giving your team a really nice layer of support, and just passively, you're just fighting while those abilities are doing their thing. Yep, and they've got a long cooldown, so it's not like you're wasting a lot of globals on it. Very yeah, so. yeah, totally. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about, uh, and you just kind of sort of led us into this, Caliban, um, stamina versus magicka and like medium and light armor builds versus heavy armor builds. Um, what do we think? Do we think stamina seems to be dominating or magicka seems to be dominating? It seems like up to now, it seems like stamina has been pretty dominant. Uh, and I'm wondering if you guys are seeing if that's still the case or not or what. Uh, why don't we start with Caliban? Um, I think mostly, like, you're right on that one. Basically, a stam is head and shoulders above mag, unless you're talking about mag sword, specifically yeah. for battlegrounds. Right, right. Topic. Um, and a lot of the cases, mag sword's uh, strength in battlegrounds comes down to kill ceiling rather than actual killing power. Um, but uh, that's a pretty fair assessment. I think the balance has come down a little bit just because since healing is less, vigor isn't quite as strong a mitigation tool this patch. Like, on a 9DK, I can burn down somebody in Vigor with Rally with my dots. Like, so I think I think the balance has come down a little more in favor of Mag because Templar has dots, MagDK has dots, MagNecro well, Mag sucks. But every other class has pretty good dots, uh, and it's a lot more useful this patch. So uh, balance is better. Um, heavy armor builds for stamina, however, are strong because they don't have much in, in the way of weapon crit. So they can all slot Malakat's band and get a massive buff to their damage. Like, for example, I got hit by Arcanax, not in corrosive, for an eleven K heavy attack the other day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so. Um 
I can tell that Malakath band is out there, along with Stu's favorite band. Someone lands <sighs> two dizzy swings on me. That is often lights out right there if I'm not blocking. Um, even if you are. <laughs> even yeah. if I am a lot of the time, yeah. Um, cool. Davius, any any thoughts on stamina versus magicka, medium light versus heavy armor, any of that kind of stuff? Well, I think one thing that's just kind of stood out to me is with the stamina versus magicka debate is that, you know, stamina really is great you can make stamina great really on any class you know at really high-end pvp you can really work stamina to be great on any class where i feel like really high-end pvp with magicka you you know it's there's really, really specific classes class. yeah and yeah. so i think that's the biggest thing with it is that you know if you've got the right class with magicka i think it can come you know then i think it's that's great balance there but there's just certain classes that if you're magicka you're just going to struggle um it's just not as uh I don't know. It's not as class balanced. I don't think class magic is as class balanced. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Is stamina. Um, that's the biggest thing that stood out to me. Yeah, a big part of that, my personal opinion at least, is that a lot of magical players don't heal the group. So three magical players supporting each other with radiating and cross healing will beat the crap out of a stam player. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of mag players don't. They're completely selfish. They play like a stam tune. But they don't have the tankiness or damage to play that way. So, really, the balance is that if Mag is supporting each other, they're stronger than Stan, but they don't. And that's a problem with maybe quality of player or just experience level or something. Yeah, I think that's but a like, great point. A year ago, a year ago in BGs, every Mag player had a million damage, 200 to 300k healing. That's a unicorn these days. Yeah. Like, it really is. Like, I don't know if it's because we've lost a lot of population or something, but... Um, the amount of players who like really know how to play the game at a high level just don't seem to be there sometimes. I think that's a point that often does not get brought up in this stamina versus magicka conversation, especially with people complaining that you know stamina has so many advantages and they're so dominant and all this stuff. But the 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 support capabilities and you put three stamina players up against three magicka players the ma the magicka team should win uh even though the the stamina players per player probably has more damage more more personal survivability yeah that's a great point yeah it almost seems like um i think you made a great point calvin it almost seems like i don't know if it's because they have talked about the nerf and healing in PvP or what, but it almost seems like players are, are the the support Magicka character. Uh, I don't know if players are scared to go that route because they've seen the the nerfs or what, but uh, Magicka support in Battlegrounds right now definitely seems a lot more rare than it used to be. The number of Max works I see that don't run Bird, don't run Resto staff, and just because they're the most common class, and I'm kind of a snob when it comes to Max works because I made one for so long, but like. <laughs> You cannot sit there and complain about Stam Necro and other classes when you don't do the basic job that a Mag, mag Tune should be doing. Like, Doss has basically told us that Mag is supposed to be a, more of a support role. Yeah. So if you don't play it that way, you can't expect to beat somebody with a 20k bigger who can hit an 8k Dizzy on you. Like, be realistic. There's other ways to win. Well, I, I wonder if part of that too is, you know, because I can say this personally that it, it's hit me, is that you know, my main is a is a PvP support Magicka build, but I don't play on that character as much anymore because without grouping and battlegrounds, 
it's a it's a lot more difficult to go into solo battleground queues as a support character. I mean, you know, stamina. It kind of like what we've been talking about is that your your most stamina builds are kind of made to be on their own. They they've got high damage. They can take care of themselves. Magicka is more this team support type thing. But when you take grouping away, um, you're putting out a, you know a lot of risk on the table. Is hoping that this team that you're going to randomly be in is going to be uh, is going to work with you to allow that support. Yeah, I mean that the grouping thing I think is probably the key thing why why we're not seeing a lot of these sort of support focused or kind of split focused uh, players out there because you know at, at, I think at the end of the day a lot of players are incentivized by seeing those nice numbers at the end of the match like holy crap I got a million heals and a million damage I'm the best <laughs> you know um, and it's it's so hard to accomplish that anymore because you can't count on your team actually like staying close enough for you to heal them to get those numbers you know and, <laughs> yeah. uh, my favorite anecdote for that who wants to play a support player when you get into a battleground and you got three night blades hiding in cloak the entire time oh, yeah man. exactly Good yeah night, totally. Yeah. And I think along with this with this um, new patch, with what we've talked about with bow builds and things like that, I've seen more Nightblades than ever in Battlegrounds, it seems like. Uh, Nightblades are a lot stronger just because the less healing, the more viable ganking is. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we get into this discussion about classes? That's a perfect segue because the first one I was going to start with is Nightblade, uh, and I feel like they have an interesting story to tell because they're kind of um, sort of a stepchild in Battlegrounds, wouldn't you say? <laughs> like uh, you you load into a match, you look at who's on your team. Ah, man, I got a Nightblade on my team. I hope I hope they're good. You know, that's always the <laughs> that's always uh. the thought. Um, so, uh, so Caliban, you think they're in a better they're in a better spot now? No, but I think really good players can get a lot more out of them. The problem with Nightblade for the longest time is that it gravitates towards newer players. You know, you come from Skyrim or something like that. You want to play a stealth class. Stealth is always popular, but players don't play it to level mastery. There's not hundred Jinx players or, in particular, Titan Brand. I just mm-hmm. gotta give him a shout out because. Like what he does on a nightblade is so impressive, and I am more like, <laughs> dude. Dude is good. He's terrifying to see in a battleground if he's not on your team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he tears my sork into small, tiny little pieces, and then you know, teabags them. But uh, <laughs> like, the reality is that it, I don't think it's so much nightblades are bad. It's that a lot of players are gravitating to the stealth play style that are new, and then they gravitate towards ooh bow snipe. Mm-hmm. So. It's more of an experience and quality of player, than I think, than the class toolkit. Because the class toolkit isn't that bad, I don't think. It's bad for Battlegrounds because the maps are tight, there's a lot of AoE. Yeah. But the class is really strong in Cyrodiil, and I think if more experienced players played the class, it had more potential. Particularly Magblade. Um, back when we did pre-mades, Ironworks uh, used to be our healer on a Magblade. And he was one of the strongest healers consistently. I've so, seen I mean, some insane Magblade healers. Yeah. Right. And I've seen some really good Magblade tanks. Like, I'm running VCR plus 3, or at least I was, and our main tank was a Nightblade. So, like, it's got the tools to be more effective. I just think people gravitate too much towards invisibility and don't really, like, branch out to their build idea. Yeah, and I think a lot of Nightblades, Stamblades especially, are the recipients of negativity a lot of the time, both from enemies and allies. Right, like they're just like it seems like people are just not nice to Nightblades because 
you get you know you kill an enemy say you're, you successfully gank someone well nobody likes getting ganked you're going to get a hate tell probably uh and then your teammates probably don't appreciate you hanging out in stealth the whole time and forcing them to fight outnumbered <laughs> the whole time so they're going to probably have some not so nice things to say as well um and so i think nightblades oftentimes will get discouraged and that's why i think as as your mmr climbs up you start seeing fewer and fewer nightblades um, yeah. well that's one of the reasons at least I also think it's just hard for them to be successful. Maybe it's easier now in this uh, in this uh, meta, but with no champion points to actually be a successful ganker at high MMR with players who are ready for it and know how to respond to it and counter it, you know, it's like, okay, if you're not successfully ganking people, then you may as well be a brawler, then you may as well be a DK, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I agree. Well, I think um, of all the classes, Nightblade, it, you know, the stealth is such a overpowering uh theme to nightblade you know whether people are using it right or whether you people are overusing it of all the classes in the game you know the stealth with nightblade it's just so overpowering and then you know how much it ties into their kit and uh, i think calvin made a great point is it any you know most players are gravitating this and then it's such a powerful theme to the build or crutch to the build however you want to say it and so so many people are depending on it and uh stealth unless you're using it right like like uh, Caliban said, with a high-end player, it's it really uh, is such a, um, a, a a debuff to team playing in a battleground. Yeah, because say like you made a Stamplar and you're deciding, you know, I want to check out PvP. Let's go see what that's all about. You learn right away the importance of keeping your armor buff up, keeping mm -hmm. well, keeping all of your buffs up, and the importance of proper positioning and all these different. Like, man, you're going to learn those lessons real quick. Uh, but man, a Nightblade, you might be playing this game for three years and never learn those lessons, yeah. you know, because you can crutch right. on stealth so much. Stealth is so polarizing because it goes from either like the most broken one-on-one -on -one skill in the game to something that's completely useless against a really good player. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, it's huge too that you know that you know we're talking about stealth and how big it is, but and you like what you're saying, Kit. They're players are in battlegrounds and they're not getting deaths because of stealth and so they'll go a long ways where they're you know they'll get some kills they have low deaths and so they think that they're doing really good they think that all right this is a successful battleground when their team is losing because they're not doing enough damage or they're not playing you know helpful enough to the team but they they leave that battleground saying you know that went great i only had two deaths because i kept myself alive and you know i got a couple kills and it was just my team, my, you know, they're saying my team is bad, but really what they're doing is that they're hurting their team because right. they're, they're not in fights. To borrow an example from another game in Halo, um, say the time to kill is one second. If you have three targets, that time to kill is cut by one quarter. But if all four players are sharing damage, you're buffing how much relative damage you can take by a quarter. Yeah, yeah so exactly. The fact that Nightblades don't take damage for their team is a pretty significant handicap, especially in high MMR. Yes. Yeah, it's important uh, in in group PvP to to remember the importance of of rotating, uh, and it, basically you need to take turns taking some of those hits more or less. Yep. Yeah, very much so. Um, all right, I think we've talked about Nightblade quite enough. Yeah. Uh, any anything else <laughs> to say about Nightblade before we move on? Um, so why don't we talk about uh, Caliban's main, the Sorcerer? So, uh, always super duper popular in Battlegrounds. I can't imagine there ever being a patch that Sorcerer isn't super successful and super popular in Battlegrounds. Um, 
are sorcerers having to take different things into account or changing up their strategy or is it still just spam mages wrath and streak all the time or, or what, what's up there <laughs> I, I think honestly the loss of like some of the higher level players i don't know when was the last time you saw band style or dell or trance or any other really good stand players and bgs has hurt uh bg diversity because they knew how to fight mag source they knew how to pressure them they knew how to like prevent getting their kills stolen and various other things Right now, we have a lot of mediocre players, even in high MMR games, who are very susceptible to kill stealing and being third party by source. Yeah. So, I personally playing the class, like, you got to be able to adjust to how to fight source. Like, they aren't that strong one on one. So, find ways to get them one on one, and you can kill them pretty easily. Like, denying the pet heals. Like, you kill that matriarch, and the source got to waste a global and a half resummoning it. Go stun them. They don't have a heal for three, four seconds. Um, yeah, it's just uh, it's they're polarizing just because they're they get better the worse the the opposition is. So when it comes to farming low MMR players, they're unquestioned kings. Right, yeah. they'll do it all day. Yeah, their effectiveness drops quite a bit at those high rank matches, um, and I find that like my sort of roly-poly kind of play style that I, that I like quite a bit is pretty effective against Sorks because I just dodge most of their attacks. Yep. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty good way to go about it. And um, we'll talk about Wardens here in a second, but just the, the class Warden is a pretty darn good counter <laughs> to Sorcerer as well. Shimmering is... Nobody ever hated Shimmering Shield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Davis, I mean, you've talked about your stab sort quite a bit already, but you've been playing stab sort. I don't know. I feel like I guess maybe most of these class discussions we're mostly talking about the magic variant, right? Because stam across the board is in a very similar spot, although certain classes are better than others still. Um, but so I don't know. Do you have anything more you wanted to say about stab sort since we're talking about sorcerer right now? Uh, I mean, you know, just how much I'm loving it. But uh, I think the biggest thing with Stam Sork that I think made it appealing to me is kind of like you said, I I usually, um, you know, my main is a magic character, but most of my characters are stamina characters. And the way that I usually play is kind of a tanky, uh, not really on speed. And so the Stam Sork really, to me, am among most other classes, is was it's a great class to get, if you're not used to playing a mobile like a mobile quick a uh, lot of actions per minute it was a great uh segue for me uh, as a character to kind of get to that more style um is that that character you know my stem sork is kind of tanky it does wear heavy armor but that um but i might even change that going forward just because you know when you have an ability like streak on a stamina character it just allows you to be so much more mobile uh and it really kind of for me anyways it highlighted uh, the mobility playstyle and the advantages and, and what that can do for you uh, yeah. with a with a build. And I think that classic just stam sork hit and run spin to win sort of playstyle just it's right at home in battlegrounds. I think it's yes. I always have very good success with my stam sork in battlegrounds. The unblockable uh, streak stun is is kind of nice. It's not kind of nice too. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> And for people who complain about Mag Source, that's the one point I emphatically agree with. Streak being an unblockable, undodgeable stun is just hilariously overtuned. Yes. As somebody who's been using it and loving it, it I would not be sad to see it be nerfed. It's just too it's too powerful right now. 
How like, many times do I see the the little meteor circle at my feet? <laughs> And I know it's a sorcerer that I'm fighting, and so I don't even try to block because I know it's coming, you know? <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, the class was a lot more fairly balanced back before it got a really big heal along with an unblockable stun. Like, yeah. Flame Reach was used a lot, but I don't think it was anywhere near as unbalanced as this current because. Yeah, totally agree. Flame Reach, man, I mean, that was... How much more telegraph can you get? It's a slow-moving projectile. It's a giant, like, tractor wheel-sized thing, like, <laughs> flying through the air. Like... And it's blockable and dodgeable. Yeah. yeah. Like, you could have adjusted the cost there and maybe doubled the cost if you really don't want it to be spammable or something, but yeah, one of the more boneheaded decisions that things lost is made, balance-wise. Yeah, especially for it to be, what is it, a 15-meter range or something? It's really... Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not usable. Um... All right, so I think that's enough about Sorcerer. Let's move on and talk about the Warden. So as I was just saying, I think the class Warden is basically just a hard counter to Sorcerers. And as long as Sorcerers are popular in Battlegrounds, Wardens are going to continue to be an excellent choice. Uh, Caliban alluded to Shimmering Shield earlier. It basically just makes you immune to Crystal Frags. Um, you also have the Betty Netch that uh, automatically cleanses you every five seconds. That basically makes you immune to the to the curse or uh, Mage's Wrath. Um, I can't count the number of times I've been on my Warden, 1v1ing a Sork, and they just give up and streak away because they realize it's not they're not going to get the kill. Um, and, you know, it's not even hard. You're not even having to expend that many resources to do it. Uh, and Wardens also just make every team they're on better, just simply just by existing and being there, especially a Mag <laughs> Warden. Uh, your your team is just better. Um, yeah. So um, can't go wrong with the Warden in, I'd say, any patch uh, ever. Um, and this patch especially, you know, I think they're in a very, very, very good spot just with the, there's some cool armor sets out there that synergize really, really nicely with their class. And they just have an absolute complete toolkit anyway. Any way you want to build them, anything that you want to have in your toolkit is available to you, and you can work it in there somehow. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You hit the nail on the head there, is that to me, Warden is just the most flexible class in the game. You want to make a healer, you know, fantastic. You know, magic a healer, fantastic. You know, you even made a stamina healer that was very effective. You know, you want yeah. to go high damage, you can go that route too. You want to do some sort of hybrid magic a stamina healer damage, you know, with a Warden can really do it all it's such a flexible uh class yeah there's so many viable ways to to build them out and set them up i really i really love warden quite a bit i know time dazzler does a little bit of off on his stamina warden it's it's a very very flexible class um one thing to point out if you haven't done it on a magic warden but the ice furnace set is low-key like a really strong proc set for them right now uh, what is the days. what's the proc do on that again Every time you do ice damage, you do fire damage, and it's like 1,500 per second. So you can oh. drop gripping shards on people and burn them down pretty quickly. Okay, interesting. I'm going to check that out. Uh, I'm using my Warden's like a support build, and it's um, Spell Power Cure and Hades Hearth um, are the main sets there, and it, I like it a lot. It's really cool. Uh, anything else to say about Warden? Oh. Yeah, they're awesome. They're MVPs of every battleground, I think. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, can't go along with a war. They're, they're a great class. Um, Templar, I think, is always strong too. Although the the main thing that gave them their edge was nerfed this patch, right? Which is healing. 
um, I think they're still super strong, but I'm not seeing nearly as many of them. I think uh, the flavor of the month right now is stamina necromancers, uh, and that's what I'm really seeing a whole lot of. So whereas we were seeing a ton of Templars a, a couple of patches ago, I feel like whoever was playing Templars then are playing Stam Crows now. Um, I still feel like they're pretty strong, though, especially like a student's favor. You get a toppling charge and, you know, you get some jabs in your face and it's going to be lights out pretty quick right there. Um, have you guys noticed anything about Templars? I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I'm not seeing as many. I mean, I think, you know, I think Templar will always have the best spammable in the game. <laughs> jabs is just uh, un unbelievable. But um, I am seeing a lot less of them, and it probably is due to the fact that you know, their biggest part was that they had such great heals team and self heals. And with the the healing kind of going down, I have seen a lot less of them. And they don't seem to be as prevalent as they were. I feel like cleansing is less important than it has been in the past as well. Not at all. Uh, I think there's a lot less Magplars. I think Stamplars are just really, really good right now. Like, if you take a player like Odin, uh, PK, he's a streamer. Like, his Stamplar is just really good. It gives group support, like Purifies. Because mm -hmm. that new Venomous Bite set is cleansable. Oh, okay. And it's on every battleground. So oh, it's really, everywhere. Really want <laughs> so yeah, Magplar really is in a good spot right now. I know Hottie like, doesn't want to play his main Magplar anymore because his heals feel weak. But Stamplar is in a really good spot. Yeah, my Stamplar feels really good right now, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like no one's ever mad to see a Templar in the group. Certainly not. You know for sure that they're going to be able to put out some some decent damage, and you're definitely going to be getting at least some healing from them. Like they can't not heal almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Dragon Knights. So I know that stamina Dragon Knights are incredibly tough right now. I mean, they slap on that band of brutality and just start swinging their great sword around, and <laughs> it's. It's just like a wrecking ball, man. There's like no, not much you can do against it. Um, I know, Caliban, you've been playing some Mag DK here lately, right? Um, Mag DK is my main alt. It has been for a while. Oh, okay, awesome. all right. Um, yeah, uh, basically my adjustments this patch has been to build a little more tanky. I'm running Elf Bane and Buffer the Swift and Grafar. Uh But instead of Leap, I've been using Magma Shell. So Magma Shell limits your incoming damage to 3% of your health. So it's only 200 alt. You pop that, and with Elfbane, it actually lasts 18 seconds. Wow. You basically have an 18-second window where you can do whatever you want. Oh, I didn't Radiation. realize Elfbane applied to that ultimate. Because wow. it's a fire damage over time effect. Okay. So literally, you get 18 seconds of near immunity to damage. Wow. You can run into groups, talons them with burning talons, run engulfing, and you're applying massive pressure, like really incredible pressure. And it's in a good spot. Like, um, you are good with heal whip. You can keep yourself up through pretty much anything while that effect is up. Do you gain you ultimate while you're in that magma form? Yep. So if you kill two or three people with it, uh, you basically can get perma magma shell. Wow. <laughs> That's a That's really cool incredible. combo. <laughs> yeah. Um, my comments on Magicka Dragonite, I think, are similar to most patches. I just They don't seem super popular not saying they're not good i think they're a very powerful super awesome class but they just don't seem like a popular choice um and i think it's basically for the same reason that sorcerer is such a popular choice uh, right like mag dk's just don't get a ton of killing blows and you, you know you'll there's a lot of matches where you might get like five kills zero deaths but like 24 assists you know uh, <laughs> and uh 
So people just, they don't like seeing that number as much uh, as they like seeing those killing blow numbers. Uh, yeah. I love MAGDK, but I, I just don't see a lot of them out there. And the other the other problem with MAGDK is speed. Like, yeah. unless you're using Race Against Time constantly, they are a slow class and speed is king in Battlegrounds. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I always look at Dragonite as it's 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 definitely not the best class, but it is one of the most fun classes. Their their toolkit is just so much fun to use. It's I like mean, you say they're not fire. the best class. Yeah, you say they're not the best class, and, and like I would say that sometimes too. And then I I I match up against like a good, <laughs> a good Mag <laughs> yeah. and it's the most oppressive experience. You know, yeah. like people that just know that class and know how to work them. Man, it's like. It's demoralizing. Uh, they gr- yeah. they just grind you down into the ground. You're just like trying Helpless. to cl- claw your way up a muddy hill, you know, and you're never getting there. Uh, and as much as it matters, it's literally the coolest class in game. Heavy, yeah, breathing fire or lava whip. Come on. Yeah, they just all of their abilities are so so cool. Their toolkit is just so much. Absolutely, fun. the coolest class for sure. All right, and the last one we have here uh, is the Necromancer. I saved this one for last um, on purpose because I feel like there's a little bit to dig into here. Um, Stamina Necromancers, right? Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're they're everywhere. Um, They are incredibly powerful. They've they've been fixed, right? A a patch or two ago, uh, they basically have been fixed, and they work really well now, and now they're basically crazy OP, and everyone is playing them. Uh, And if you're not uh, a stamina necromancer, you might have a difficult time uh, fighting all the stamina necromancers that are out there. Um, It'd be remiss not to mention their brokenness in one particular aspect. Uh, Ghost, the the self-buff that gives 10% mitigation, that skill actually acts like a regular pet on a Sork or a Warden. It actually prevents abilities from being fired because it acts like it prevents targeting on the stamina grip. So it's an incredibly frustrating bug. I don't know if it's been spoken about much. Uh, yeah, I haven't. I've noticed that, but I haven't seen many people uh, talk about it. Um, also, I mean, the fact that they have major defile that they can just put on you anytime they want it's attached to this big aoe blast that takes half your health bar away um you know i think it's always seemed on paper to be like that seems pretty strong but good thing blast bones barely works so no one really complained about it too much uh but now man they cast blast bones on you you're getting hit with that blast bones like you're not like (laughs) It's it's hard to avoid. Yeah. Um, if I'm in a PvP area and I don't see a blast bones running around, then I think something's wrong with the game. <laughs> yeah. It's about where it's at right now. And you know the people who cast that on cooldown, man, that's major defile up at all times. I mean, even as a Templar, you can only cleanse so many times. You know, before you're out of Magicka, uh, it's like it's just. I mean, I've been in fights. It's like, man, I don't know what to do. I do not know what to do against this this player. It's not right just now. major defile, by the way. The disease status effect actually has a chance to proc minor defile. Yep, yep, that as well. Well, and it's huge too to mention that you know the you talk about you know full uptime or casting it on cooldown. The passive that cuts the cost for it makes that very easy to do. Oh yeah, it costs Cheap. nothing. It costs nothing at all. Um. So yeah. Um. If you're looking for the meta, this patch it is stamina necromancer. <laughs> what like probably a new moon acolyte student's favor and. Balorg, uh, or or the Malakath Band of Brutality. 
Very much so, yeah. Or uh, even Fury Body, if you want to go heavy. Yeah. Uh, and then just put uh, Dizzy Swing on all five slots, and um, you're good. Good to go. Well, throw, throw Blast Bones on one of them, and then you're set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, incredibly strong. Um, what's weird, though, is how incredibly strong they are, and how incredibly not so strong mag magica necros seem to be outside of like a support role yeah um well i don't know if weird is the right word it's just it's just interesting to point out um i have some ideas about why i think that is but uh figure i would let you guys share some thoughts first well okay, what do you combo with blast bones on a magic necro there's no answer there's nothing you can combo it with so there's no there's no curse there's no fury there's no in cap, there's no bow ult, there's no, there's nothing. So, yeah. like, there's no really good dots because the skeletal mage costs an arm and a leg and it doesn't really do shit. Sorry, pardon that. That's um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's hard to control who your mage, your skeletal mage is targeting. Right, yeah. it, it texts the nearest person, but yeah. like, it's once every two seconds and it's not a big dot, so good for like racking up pointless counting stats if you want. I feel like the the thing that I notice against Magcrow is myself, like when I'm playing up against a Magcrow, is, you know, some of them can be incredibly strong and put out a ton of damage, but it's like the moment I realize that, the moment I realize like, oh, this is a losing fight, it's it's no problem to just nope right out of there. And you, yeah. it's so easy to disengage. Uh, and they have, they really have zero options to to keep you, to stay on top of you and make you, you keep fighting them. I think to me, that's the biggest thing that I've noticed is like, even the ones that can build really good and have a lot of damage and are, you know, have decent success, just forcing people to fight them is the challenge, is what the challenge becomes then. Right. The only offensive stun available to Magnecro is a uh, flame clench, 15 meter range. It also comes with a drawback of cutting all your damage to all your main damage abilities by 8% because you want a lightning step on a Necro. Right. And lightning doesn't stop. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, that being said, if you're looking for a support-focused build, I feel like Magic and Necro is one of the very best choices uh, you can choose. Uh, they are incredible. I have uh, a Magcrow healer right now that is one of my very favorite characters. Uh, it's probably one that I'm going to be spending a lot of time with uh, in the coming weeks. Um, so you know, if that's what you're what you're all about is is team support uh, and that sort of thing, then top tier, I say. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, if you're trying to get kills and, and do that sort of thing, maybe maybe the worst choice you could. Yeah, make. I don't think yeah. any circle group is complete without a Magnecro support build, even if yeah. it's just for the Atronach, so you can bomb groups. Yeah, or just the the fear totem alone. I feel like is worth <laughs> worth bringing them along. That fear and totem they, is nasty. Yeah. The root too, because it applies minor maim in a pretty big area. So, yeah, yeah, it's really nice. Uh, I mean, a good class. Uh, and I think you know the thing to keep in mind through this battleground discussion is we're not. I'm not trying to say the class is good or bad. It's it's specifically within the context of battlegrounds. Um, you know, they're a super strong class at at the things that they're good at. They're the best. Um, but you just don't you just don't see a lot of mag crows out there, and when I do see them, they're usually a support build. Uh, but stam crow, the best of the best, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's all the classes. Um, so vampires, of course, were were massively rework reworked, and I do see a lot of them out there. But I'm just 
I'm not sure I'm getting a good read on their overall effectiveness. I, I don't know if I'm getting killed by vampires necessarily a lot. I do see them out there, but nothing's really standing out to me. Have you guys noticed anything about vampires? I mean, as someone who, you know, for the past couple of episodes, I've talked about this vampire build I've had and been really excited about it. Uh, now that I've got my hands on it, and I'm still testing it, and I'm still working with it, but um, yeah, the more I work with it, you know, I become a little bit less and less excited about it, um, which I think you kind of called, but I was a little surprised by. Um, their kit is just so, you know, so focused on using vampire abilities and then you know if you don't if you use any other abilities then they're going to be increased but the decrease on the vampire abilities and it's great but they just they don't it's very difficult to to find a way to deal damage with them so i've kind of tested my build and it's extremely tanky um, i've even taken it in some pvp areas and it lives and it can survive it's very hard to kill uh, but I just feel like I'm just hitting like a wet noodle. Like there's just no, I'm just not putting out any damage. Yeah, the change to Blood Frenzy basically gutted the Vampire on arrival. The 20% yeah. ramping cost to that per second is just completely untenable. Yeah. Because it prevents yeah. outside healing. I've tried to like make it work on somebody who's not even attacking me. I can't sustain it, the heal, even on a strong healing class for like more than three or four seconds. Yeah, you, you, I mean, I'll even go try to kill NPCs with that. And it's, you have to even be careful just killing regular NPC mobs because it just it starts hitting you so hard. For reference, I stacked Radiating Regen. I had Ritual on the ground, and I was spamming the Vampire Heal, which is supposed to heal 23% of your missing health per second. And I died in like six seconds <laughs> with the active. So, oh, and that, that was in CP, not PvP, so it wasn't cut by Battle Spirit. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I still see a fair amount of mist form, and I see the Vampire Lord ultimate basically used as a defensive ultimate, right? Just to heal up. Right. Um, and but otherwise, I'm not seeing like a lot of like vampire gameplay. Um, not all that much. There's a couple reasons for that. Mist form is inferior to risk against time, and um, why would you bother with vamp uh, form at all? when you can run more health regen, which didn't get nerfed, which is more valuable than anything you get from Vampire. Yeah, I think that's a huge point, is what you had, you know, all the points you've made, Caliban, about health regen, and that Vampires just eliminate that, and with the, the nerf to healing, is just kind of a double negative for them right now. Right, way too much. Yeah, so Battlegrounds in general just seems like way too volatile an environment for a vampire you know like all the aoe that you're typically dealing with uh and just a lot of like high concentration of players in a, in a given area uh and you know my idea of what a vampire is now is like this sort of paper cannon sort of thing you need to get in basically gank someone and then disappear like a nightblade um and in battlegrounds just like we were talking about with nightblades that that sort of play style is just difficult to pull off well and the problem with vampires is kind of what i'm saying is that it, with you know that's kind of the playstyle they push for but it, i mean maybe it's just me but it's really difficult to try to deal high damage with them you know even if you kick on all their damage abilities you're killing yourself quick as quickly as you're killing somebody else um the one the one place where i say i think vampire is really good and has a lot of potential is with magblade because one of the vampire passives is 300 spell damage after you get out of cloak yeah or stealth so it, you can run that on stage one on event blade and basically get a free 300 spell damage, which is pretty massive buff. 
Yeah. Basically, no downside. On a, I think it's the one class where vampire really, really shines. Yeah, that could that could really up your gank potential there for sure. Or even just as a brawler, because remember, swallow soul scales off your how much damage you do. So with more damage, you heal for more. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. The uh, the other thing I'll say about vampire too is that I wish I wish that Scion was a little uh, more unique. Uh, from Bone Goliath, I feel like that they've they're they're yeah. kind of very similar. You know, they kind of like you said, Ket. They're it you really kind of use it as a um, a defensive ultimate. You know, they have one just like the Bone Goliath, where you can do an AOE damage while it's up, uh, and then the other one just kind of makes you more tanky. Um, yeah, it was looking like for a while there, I was thinking like, oh, okay, it's kind of like a werewolf. It looks like the whole idea here is to try to stay in that vampire lord form right. like all the time, but I'm not really seeing that happen. They made a mistake with that, like, because there's only one ult per class. Like, that swarm used to be a really niche skill, but it was really good for people who built it. Like, you could put that on a Templar, and it gave you a lot of healing and, like, the ability to stick in the fights. A copy of Goliath form does not. Yeah, I just, that's the kind of thing for me, is I wish it would be a little bit more different from the Goliath form. I think it's, you can get it to be a little bit lower cost, but it's kind of not quite as good as a Goliath form. Like, all the negatives that, come with vampire i feel like would be solved if it was tuned in a way where you know the vampire lord morph where um you you get rid of all the negative aspects of of vampirism right it's like stage five vampire like if you can make a build where you can just like live in that form indefinitely kind of like how a werewolf works you know i feel like we would see a lot of that right but disabling old gen while in a big mistake yeah yeah certainly yeah, that was so. On my vampire, I originally was gonna go for the stage five uh, scion, but I went away from that because while it's great to have uh, your health regen back, it's only when you're in that ultimate form. As soon as you lose it, you go back, and when you're in that form, you don't really need the health regen because your health is buffed up real bunch. You heal when you do damage, and so you really the health regen in that stage didn't really help a whole lot because my health's usually fine when I'm in that stage. It's out of that stage that. Yeah. You lose all the health regen again. It just really wasn't that beneficial. Yeah. So I mean, really, uh, really, that morph really all it's doing is giving your health regen back, and you're not taking as much flame damage. Right. I think they made a mistake because you know it's a Skyrim chapter, so they had to sell the Vampire Lord form with it, you know, for nostalgia and all that. Yeah. I think they made some artistic choices that just don't fit with the gameplay of the game at all. Yeah, certainly. It's um. I don't know, you know, maybe as time goes on, people will learn new tricks and new ways to to incorporate it. You know, it's still pretty early for this new vampire uh, situation. So, you know, we don't really know. It doesn't, so far, it doesn't seem to offer a lot of great tools for, at least for like small group PV, like arena PVP like this. Yeah. Right. But, you know, they they just recently bought Rebuff Werewolf, so it's possible they'll revisit the, the skill line. Yeah, certainly. And that's a perfect segue. So let's talk about werewolves because they were substantially uh, buffed this patch, and they actually are in really, really good shape. Uh, and I was expecting to see a lot more werewolves in battlegrounds. Uh, and I've been playing a lot of battlegrounds, and I'm surprised at how I'm really not seeing a change in the werewolf population. I don't know if you guys' experience has been the same or different, but um, you know, in the past, you you I almost never would see werewolves, and I think probably for good reason. They just they have a difficult time. They weren't in such a great spot. Now seems like the time to get your werewolves, guys. Jump in there, and I'm just not seeing them. 
I feel like that we're, it's just day by day. It's only going to keep growing. <laughs> Um, we we went against some werewolves last night in Imperial City, and that was they were formidable foes. It, they uh, were. They have a great setup right now. I agree with you. I think it's I think it's just something that the focus is on vampires, and I think just over time, the more people that start kind of looking into the new werewolf changes, I think it's only going to grow. Agree. Like people doing antiquities, people doing a whole bunch of new stuff. They haven't looked at the whole like skill line. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Yeah, they're just maybe not as as aware of what's happening with vampire, or just busy with other stuff. Um, I mean, I'm guilty of that. I'm actually gonna go re look at my uh, stand sort werewolf right when we're done with this because I remember I still have it on there. Yeah, nice. My next character that I'm leveling up is gonna be my werewolf. I'm I'm pretty excited to do it, but you know, like like we said, there's just so much to do right now that I just haven't gotten around to yeah. doing it just yet. But right. my my guess is that werewolves are in maybe the best spot they've ever been in terms of battlegrounds. Um, so, you know, if people listening are wondering if it's a good time to take their werewolves in there, I think so, absolutely. I think this is the time to, to dust off your werewolf, uh, get those claws out, and, uh, and see what you can do. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Last thing I have to say about battlegrounds is I just want to keep beating the dead horse of grouping. Um, we've already talked about this. I think almost every single episode uh, since the change was made. Um, but that's the biggest factor in Battlegrounds right now is that you can't group up with friends anymore. And I think uh, as much things have changed, uh, this is the thing that has changed the landscape the most. Uh, this is the thing that is affecting the decisions that people are making in their builds and in their uh, tactics and their approach uh, more than anything is just the fact that you can't group up with a friend you can't you know like davius and i would always put two builds together that complement each other and you know go see what we can do but now i know i can't do that so i'm going to make different decisions in my build to make sure i'm, I'm covered on all the bases that i need because i don't know what my teammates are going to be i have no idea so i got to make sure i'm ready for anything um yeah my, you know, my two biggest points with this is is one i feel like it's causing uh battlegrounds players you know to be more selfish than ever or more selfish than ever because you don't know what you're getting with and so it really causes uh, and that's just kind of the natural way to go i mean I, it's including myself i'm making my builds more selfish than ever and it's when you get into these teams it's kind of in battlegrounds teams are less cooperative than ever in my opinion right now yeah uh, and then the number two point is that this is also uh, this has caused me, I've probably, in this era of Battlegrounds, it's probably the least amount of Battlegrounds I've ever done. Oh, certainly. And I wonder what that is looking like across the board, if if it's just a lot less players in general. No, no, I mean, it very much has improved, probably, uh, casual players playing it, because they perceive the fact that they got crushed in Battlegrounds as pre-made. But the reality is, the way the MMR inflated pre-made uh, group queues, you never faced them when you were low level, low MMR, like they weren't really a problem in any serious way. Yeah. People misattributed the fact that a really good player in good gear can farm for bad or newish players endlessly in a battleground. Yeah. Um it happened it happened all the time and even b before the change and after the change, I feel like I find myself on both sides of that equation all the time. Uh, I'm on a team that's super dominant and just squashes everyone, or I'm on a team that is on the receiving end of that. You know, it happens all the time before this change was made and after the change was made. I've, I'm not seeing any difference in that. Yeah. Um, well, 
I think that, you know, just to a point that you used to always make, I think there's this, and, and to, to feed on to Caliban's point, you know, back when we there was grouping, we used to do four-man groups, two-man groups. Yeah. And the MMR spike for when you're in those groups, it bumps you up so much. You know, we would say all the time, you know what, I'm just going to solo queue because I want to take a break from yes, those matches it for is a such bit. an obvious difference. We had a, we had a regular four-man squad that we would roll with all the time. And you could see such a difference. Like I'd be on like by myself playing Battlegrounds by myself and then everyone would jump on. Hey, everyone, let's group up. Let's go do some pre-maids. And man, immediately, as soon as we group up and, and join a uh, and join a Battleground, the, the difficulty jump, it's a massive difference, dude. Like yeah. there's such a difference between an actual pre-maid versus like four <laughs> yes. like decent random players. Yeah, uh, it, very much. And, yeah. and the point I always make is when we were actually in a pre-made group, a full four-man pre-made group, we usually lost the matches that we would play in. Yeah. Right? We were up against such good players, such good other pre-mades. We we lost more matches than we won most of the time. Yeah. That's um, very true. So I've you know, I feel like the the perception for the pre-made thing is just all over the map. And I, I think Zoss is well aware of that. And they're just trying to appease players' perceptions of what's going on. I think a lobby system would go a long way to solving that because it'd be so nice. I mean, we hit 270 people in a dash tour last night, all high MMRPG players. Like that's enough for every night for us to form our own lobbies and play against each other. It doesn't need to be rewards or anything like that. I, I would love that. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Just like a basic lobby system, like was in Halo or any other modern game in the last 30 years, would be just such a great change. I think that's the thing that su surprises me the most about this is that there's so many games out there that have figured out this issue that I'm surprised that we're having this issue, I guess. I hope they bring back grouping. <laughs> yeah, I'll second that. <laughs> Even just a lobby system. Just yeah. something. The one thing I want to, we had this idea on the podcast before, but I want to mention it again because I think it would be so cool. Caliban, let me know what you think. Davies and I talked about about this before. So you know that you have, we have the Ring of Mara, right? That you can like marry someone and get an XP bonus. <laughs> so what? I see where this is going. What if we had like an arch nemesis situation where you could designate like Davies is my nemesis, and anytime <laughs> I see him in the game, no matter where I see him, we're aggroed. He 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 has a red outline, and we can attack each other. <laughs> That would be that awesome. Would be so much fun. That would be so awesome. That would be so much fun. <laughs> um, it would lead to so much griefing, though, because... Yeah. yeah, well, you could turn it off, you know. I, I don't know. Oh, right, okay. Um, I just, I imagine, like, maybe someone teabags me at Imperial City, and I get mad, and I invite them to be my nemesis. And then, <laughs> you know, six months pass. I'm just out. I'm questing. I'm in Greymore. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, hold on. Who's that? Oh my god, that's that guy. I'm gonna go. I'm there gonna go get is. him right now. That dude teabagged me. <laughs> uh, that could be cool. Uh, be so hilarious, especially now too. Can you imagine just doing some antiquities? You're out digging somewhere, and all of a sudden somebody just some DK just leaps on you out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it. I think optional flag zones would be pretty fun. I think yeah. Yeah. Like where you could basically flag yourself for PvP and like Overland or something. Yeah, we've that we've also cool. me and Ked have also talked about that. If in in housing, if you could just turn on like a full on brawl mode, so everybody in the house can just start. Yeah, you know, or going at it. Even better for the solution to group queues is basically form teams and then. Yeah, like, group dueling would be sweet. Yeah. yeah. So many cool houses things. Houses have what? Twenty something people in it. 
Yeah. I mean, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Have a few spectators even. Mm-hmm. Um, all righty. Uh, so we're just about to the end here. Uh, there's a couple of uh, shout outs I want to have here. So uh, we got a, a, another real email from a real listener. Can you believe it? We're a real podcast now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like two weeks in a row or three, maybe even. Uh, we're getting emails. So um, this is from Brad, and he says, with ESO having so much content, how should players who can only dedicate about 8 to 10 hours a week uh, approach the game and actually progress? He says, I'm a 29-year-old, married, and have two awesome kids. ESO is one of my favorite games of of all time, uh, but I feel like it's so hard to accomplish the goals I have for the game with the time that I have to play. Thanks and stay safe. I would say the biggest thing is, you know, I don't know where, where Brad's at in the game, but um, I I personally loved my way that I kind of started with ESO. Is I think it's fantastic if you're starting out or you're real early on, uh, just stick to PVE. You know, stick to building up gear sets, building up um, supplies, learning mechanics, learning class abilities, you know, uh, skill abilities, skill bars, things like that. Uh, and then once you kind of, you know, that's there's so much content in that and there's so much fun with PVE. And then kind of once you get to the point where you're, I don't know, feeling like you've accomplished PVE or you feel good about it or you feel like you're repeating some things. Uh, I feel like that's the best time to kind of open the doors into PvP because it's kind of this whole new side of the game. Uh, and if you've done PvP enough, then it really, you know, you kind of know enough, you have enough experience with characters and abilities and things like that, that you can just switch to PvP and then you've got all those gear sets and you've got the items to to put builds together and go and go down that road. I do agree with you. One thing I will add on to that is there's been an influx of a lot of really good crafted sets. So if you want a PvP and you're not very experienced, crafted sets like Juliano's or Numen Acolyte, and there's no CP PvP. Battlegrounds are no CP. Uh, there's an Imperial City that's no CP. Cyrodiil as well. So, I mean, it's accessible if you're willing to put in a little bit of time to like understanding what you need in a build. And crafted gear sets work just as well as uh, dropped ones. Yeah. That's a great point. If if you want to just start and go straight into PvP, if you get some gold and with the crafted sets and some overland sets, then then you're set. I mean, I know players like myself who basically craft starter set or used to back when I was part of a PvE guild that start craft starter sets for free for people. So there's usually a crafter or two in any guild that'll do that for you. Yeah, I um I also think it's good to keep in mind that it's a it's a game that never ends and there's not really a. <laughs> Uh, an end goal that you're ever really trying to get to and you know for me i've had several different sort of phases in this game you know and it's 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 become like three or four different games to me over time uh you know when i first started playing uh i was just questing i just i wanted more skyrim content basically is what i was after and i was just exploring the map doing quests and that's i was i, w- I wasn't even really aware of the other things you could do in this game for the longest time uh, and so that's all I did. And then I eventually kind of sort of became aware of uh, doing like dungeons and undaunted pledges. So I started getting into that and kind of, I was just kind of zeroed in and focused on only that for quite a while. Uh, and that was enough for me to keep having fun and keep coming back day after day. Uh, eventually I got my fill of that and started doing, dipping my toe into PVP uh, and just different things. It seems like every time I get to a point where I feel like, you know, I've I've played plenty of this game. I know what this game is all about. 
something else happens or some other aspect of the game hooks me and then that's what I'm interested in now. And so like now I hardly ever do Undaunted Pledges unless I need to for some reason. Uh, but that's something that I have a lot of experience in in the past. I know all about that. And if I ever need to go back to it, I can. But for now, I have these new things that I'm interested in. So you can kind of, you know, you don't have to try to juggle all these different things at once. You can just kind of focus all your attention on this this one or two things that you're interested in right now. Get your fill of it. Move on to another aspect later. Um, you know, that's probably a good way to go. And I will say the perception of progression in this game doesn't really exist. Like... Other than the level cap, there's not really like an end state where you've got everything and you're done. So, yeah, totally. Uh, so yeah, I would say just don't really don't even worry about it too much and just log in, do whatever I think seems appealing to you in that moment, and and, and go on with it. Uh, yeah, thanks for writing in, Brad. Appreciate it, man. Uh, if anyone wants to write us, you can write scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. That's scrolling with an I-N, scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions or just things you want to say, you have a joke you want to tell, uh, anything like that, or a correction, maybe we're factually incorrect about something we've said on the podcast today. If you want to politely correct that, uh, go right ahead. Um, I'd also like to give another shout out to uh, our guild member Grizzly Khan for hooking us up with uh, the sweet uh, furnishing items uh, so we could make our Stoons Shrine in the guild hall. Um, so that <laughs> is there. It exists. Grizzly hooked us up with those things. It's really nice of him. Thank you so much, dude. Um, I think we're about at the end here. Davius, if people would like to get a hold of you, how can they do that? Uh, just uh, send me something in game. It's at Starjumper. Um, you know we're usually on. Just reach out anytime about anything. Questions? Invite to the guild? Um, if you want to go down to Imperial City. Sweet. Uh, and Caliban, if people would like to get a hold of you, ask any questions. Is there some way they can do that? Um. Yeah. If you want to apply to Dastra, we take most people. Just don't leave an empty application. We are listed. Uh, we are the largest BG guild in A and. Through guild chat, I'm always available pretty much. I'm working from home, so oh, I'm to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so that's uh, the guild name is Adastra, A D A S T R A. Really awesome guild. I've, uh, it's seriously my favorite guild. Uh, really cool people in there. Um, and like I said earlier, if you're looking for a, a really good PvP guild with some super talented players that really is minimal on the toxicity, really great guild to, to be a part yeah. of. Yeah. I have to echo all that. It's a fantastic PvP guild, one of my favorite guilds as well, uh, and, and uh, just a wealth of really talented <laughs> PvP players in there. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to get a hold of me, you can hit me up in game at Cat Sparrowhawk. Uh, reminder that the the music is available on SoundCloud as well, so I'll put a link to that in the description. And I think that is the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>